0: While we're waiting, anybody have questions If the listeners? Fine. Sam, you're on the air. Awesome! Do. Thanks for having me. Uh,
1: yeah, so quick question on the Niners: What are your thoughts on Jimmy G's future and how they're going to utilize him going forward next season and future of Trey Lance as well? Uh, I think Jimmy G's
0: future is on a different team. Uh, he, You know, he's got a salary cap hit of like twenty-seven million next year. The Niners have a lot of guys to pay, like Bosa and Debo, so they're looking forward to that rookie contract with Trey Lance. So, I think. Uh, all that really can happen is Jimmy G helps his trade value or hurts his trade value. It's only a matter of where he goes. Agreed. Thanks. Thank you. See, Crocker has joined us and Ian. So uh let's take this next call and then we'll get started. Yes, sir. Ryan, you're on the air. And muted. Hey, do you guys hear me? Yes.
2: Uh, favorite Forty Niners Cowboys uh, playoff moment. Oh my God, Crocky,
0: You have a you have your favorite one.
2: Is it a favorite Forty er moment?
0: Favorite Forty er Cowboy moment. Oh,
2: Cowboy moment! I mean, as far you know, obviously appreciate you, big dog. Uh, for me, I would say. Guys, I'm trying I'm looking through all the years. That's a because that's kind of a little. And I I'm a little too young for the NFC Championship back in 94. And I See, that was gonna but, be mine,
0: but I'm a little yeah, too young for that I, one, too. I, I
2: don't remember it enough to say that was my favorite moment, but what I about was, TO on the star? Probably TO on the star, but even then I think even bigger than that, probably how the 49ers 2014 with Colin Kaepernick going into Jerry's world and what they did. How they just dominated that game? They out physical. The Dallas Cowboys uh, guys were hitting left and right. There were interceptions. Uh, Patrick Willis made plays. Kaepernick, uh, Vernon Davis, Eric Reed. I, I, that was that was a good moment. It wasn't as meaningful of a game, so I'm glad we got this playoff game coming up. But it was, still was a great a great moment.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. So, uh, now that uh, you know my co-hosts have arrived, let's get this uh, let's get this preview started. Super Wildcard Weekend. We are back after a little holiday hiatus on the Lions Football Show. I'm your host Lance Cartelli, managing editor for lions.com, the greatest website on the internet. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, former NFL player Eric Crocker, who you just heard, and lions.com writer Ian Wharton. Before we get into today's games or this week's games, Crocky, how are you doing after that 49ers big win? Are you still recovering from being at Levi South this past weekend?
2: That's definitely Levi South, man. I, I went into the stadium and that was the first thing I noticed. I said, gosh, matter of fact, it started in the uh, in the tailgates. I'm like, I, maybe I'm just missing the Rams fans or maybe the Rams fans are in like a different area. But there are a lot of 49 Nineer fans here. And that continued on into the stadium. But... What a roller coaster ride of a game. Obviously, the 49ers fell behind big. I stayed composed, and I'm glad I stayed for the end. There were a few 49ers fans kind of leaving at the end. I'm pretty sure they were pretty upset that they missed that terrific ending, especially after the Rams fans. I know probably a lot of people haven't talked about this, but they started doing the chant. Nah, 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 nah. Hey, 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 goodbye. Like, they did that whole thing, thinking the game. I was haven't over. heard
0: that. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, so yeah, it was uh, <laughs> cool for the 49ers to come back and win that game for sure.
0: Nice. So let's uh, let's hopefully hope we get some uh, more games like that uh, this weekend. Let's uh, let's go in order. So we're gonna start with the Saturday uh, afternoon game. We've got the number five ranked Raiders at the number four Bengals. Bengals minus five and a half favorites. Over under forty eight and a half. The Bengals are back in their rightful spot in this. You know. Sleepy afternoon Saturday game that no one really cares about, but will the curse of the Bengals first round return? Ian, what do you think about this game?
1: I think like well, first of all, it's it's funny that like each of these AFC games are a rematch, <laughs> and we've seen a couple big blowouts in each of these uh, previous matchups. Um, you know, we've seen the Raiders defense get a little bit better since their last showing. I think it was like 30, 32 to thirteen last time. Right. The defense has played a little bit better Um they've also had some really bad games. The Chiefs obviously killed them. The, the Chargers even getting 32 on them, um, Dallas getting 33 on them, but the, there's also been some really good outings like against Indianapolis, Denver, Cleveland, Washington, um, even against like the Chargers, the Chargers, you know, put up 32 and, and hemorrhaged passing yards, but like the defensive, uh, uh, the run defense was much better, I thought, for the Raiders. So I think, like, the Raiders' defense has kind of figured some things out. They're relying on their pass rush like they should. The secondary is so young, but, like, they have these really good moments, too. And, and I think it's been a good job of coaching to say, like, they are doing a better job of being sideline to sideline. I think they're varying their coverages a little bit more, uh, which for Gus Bradley is huge because that's been his Achilles heel, I think, throughout his career is, um, well, I guess since the Seahawks, at least you knew what he was going to do with the Seahawks. But since the Seahawks, you know, he's – kind of been pigeonholed he's been the same guy he's gonna rely too much on cover three and it's just it's too easy for playoff quarterbacks to dice up unless if you have like hall of famers all over so it turns out that if when you don't have hall of famers all over it's pretty hard to run the same coverage like 70 percent of the time um <laughs> so you know, i i give the raiders a lot of credit i don't think this is going to be a blowout like the last time i think the raiders are still you know they're a good team i don't want to underestimate them but I don't think they have enough to go with the Bengals. I think the Bengals have really hit their stride. We Last time we talked about, you know, their inconsistencies, obviously they're still prone to having those games. I, I don't think that they've, you know, it's just going to take time. It's going to take time to get over what we saw in October, November, and even, you know, early December, their, you know, their own inconsistencies. But they've played better over the last couple of weeks, you know, obviously the last week notwithstanding. But they played better against Baltimore, Kansas City. Like, they looked like a complete team that's rounding in a form at the right time. I just think that their offensive playmaking for Cincinnati is so good. Like, they destroyed the Raiders with Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow didn't have to do anything. I think he was 20-27, 150 yards passing. He didn't have to throw the ball. Well, what if he yeah. has to throw the ball? And that's now I mean- Burrow
0: is playing the hottest of any quarterback. Right exactly. And Jamar
1: Chase is just absolutely on fire. I love Casey Hayward. He might be like my favorite corner, besides Marcus Peters in the league. Like, absolutely love Casey Hayward, but he can't cover all three of those guys. And I think once you start to get down to the one-on-one matchups, on that side of the ball, I just don't see how the Raiders can match that type of scoring. Five and a half points on the spread, which I don't love. Um, I really wish that number was a little bit lower, but that's the beauty of of these oddsmakers, they know what the line should be. And I think that that's a great line. Um, I think the Bengals, if I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the Bengals to cover the close game. Um, not quite. It's going to be close on the scoreboard. I don't think that we're going to walk away from that game saying that these two teams um, are on the same playing field. I, and that's me more praising the Bengals than it is knocking the Raiders. I think the Bengals are hitting their stride and kind of realizing that young talent all at once. Absolutely. Uh, Krakki, what do you think?
2: <clears throat> well, you know it is interesting see, seeing this game, and I, I really want to start out by salute to the, the the Raiders. Everything that they've gone through this year, you know, changing at the coaching, the head coaching position, where your coaches, I don't know, I mean, claiming all type of weird things in, in emails. You lose a player because he kills someone in a crash. You have another player that's threatening to kill people with a gun, a machine gun, live on the internet and post a video. Yeah, all these different things, and somehow, some way, these guys had enough leadership to like weather through that big-time storm and make the playoffs, especially the way that they had to make it by beating out the L.A. Chargers in that game. So the first shout-out to them. But I think this might be the, where the road ends for <laughs> the Oakland Raiders, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. When you look at what Cincinnati has offensively, and Ian, Ian did a good job of really talking about, all of it from all perspectives. I mean, you know, these were guys that are super explosive. Uh, they have um, so many weapons. They might have the best foursome in the NFL when it comes to uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and the quarterback at the position, who's also a very explosive playmaker quarterback that we've seen, not only just this year. It's not random. And this is a guy that did that, had one of the best historically uh, amazing seasons in all of college football history. So Joe Burrow, he's slinging around, and we see what he's done over the last month, playing at an extremely high level. Are the Raiders going to be able to match that explosiveness? I think we look at it from a defensive perspective for the Raiders and what they have at corner. I know you guys talked about Casey Hayward, but I actually like Faison. The big corner, I believe he wears number 35. He does a good job of being physical with receivers and making them work at the catch point. The tough thing is I don't think that's something that's going to bother Jamar Chase too much because he does a terrific job of winning and being able to play through physicality. So we can go on and on about maybe you know certain things in this game, but I think it's going to come down to, I think the, the, the Bengals, they just have too much for the Raiders. So I'm definitely going with the Bengals in this game. That spread, I, I don't like the spread, though. So I'm actually going to kind of come down a little bit on there. And I say that the Bengals win 24-19. to 19.
0: Ooh, it's a little lower scoring game, okay. Uh, 20, excuse me,
2: 20, 24, 20, sorry.
0: Got it, okay. Yeah, when when I was looking at this game, I really wanted to pick the Raiders. Then I started digging a little deeper and it really came down to two things for me. Burrow is just playing so much better than Carr. Carr this past month has really struggled. He was awful on Sunday night, even though the Raiders still won. And then Burrow, you know, maybe that knee injury slows him down a little bit, but he is just playing so much better. And like you guys have said, that weaponry, I think they're gonna just attack Uh, opposite of Casey Hayward all game. So whether it's Higgins, Chase, or Boyd, I think they're just going to explode there. And then the Raiders, they played 93 snaps on Sunday night. They're now going across the country on a short week, the earliest game. As much as I love Max Crosby and how well that defense is playing, they're going to be exhausted. And I just think Zach Taylor needs to stay aggressive, keep throwing that ball, and I think the Bengals win in a little bit of a shootout, 31-25 while covering. Okay. Let's uh let's move on to the next game. We got a AFC East battle: the Patriots at Bills. Buffalo is favored by four and a half points. The over under is set at forty four. This is the rubber match uh, in the AFC, and it will be a freezing affair. It's going to be cold as hell out there. Will uh, Josh Allen and the Bengal or in the Bills uh, offense flourish in the cold? Will they follow Bart Scott's suggestion to take Viagra to get the um, <laughs> blood flowing? Crocky, uh, what do you think about this game?
2: Well, I'm not sure if they're going to take the Viagra, but and I don't know how much that works with blood flowing stuff. <laughs> I haven't had to use Viagra just yet. But, you know, when I look at this matchup and you look at one of the games that they played early in the year where it was kind of that freezing cold weather, what did they do? Well, the Patriots were able to dominate on the ground. They ran the ball a ton. They ran for over 200 yards. They really kind of gave up on throwing the ball. I believe, did their quarterback throw the ball three times? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. for 19, 19 yards. yards. Right? Yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, so I don't even know if he had, did he have three attempts or three completions? <laughs>
1: Either I, way, don't think, I don't think it matters. I think three completions.
2: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. But they weren't throwing the ball and they didn't trust him. And they were in situations where they potentially could throw the ball. I mean, third and eight where it's like, okay, it's third and eight. And they just really were giving up on downs. So what that told me was, they yeah, okay, we want to play to our quarterback strengths and maybe we don't have to throw the ball a lot, but they just weren't. And I thought even in situations where, you know, they didn't have like this huge lead and you would like to maybe improve on the lead, they didn't do it. So it tells me like, they don't think their quarterback can throw in that type of weather, at least not to an extent to where they are going to be successful. Where Josh Allen, He threw the ball all around. Now, what it's going to come down to in this game is, can the Patriots have a repeat performance on the ground, running for over 200 yards? I would say no. And we saw what happened the next time those two teams played. The Bills dominated that game. It was pretty much over by halftime. Now, I expect this game to be something closer to that because I just don't think that the Patriots are going to be able to replicate that performance that they had on the ground. So I'm picking the Bills in this game, and and I don't like picking against uh, I don't like picking against Bill Belichick just because, you know, he's just so good, but he doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. So I'm kind of going away from that rule that I used to have. I'm actually picking the Bills in this game to win. Regardless of the weather, I'm going 21, or I'll, I'll throw a field goal in there. So I'll say 20 to 10 because I still respect the Patriots' defense. They have a really good defense, but I just think the Bills are going to be a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, Bill Belichick, you know, Third time against an opponent that scares me a little bit. Ian, what do you think about this game?
1: Yep, and that right there, Lance, is is why I'm leaning towards the the, the Patriots cover. I I wouldn't be shocked if they win, but I definitely look at this cover, uh, this you know four and a half, and I say, mmm, that's a, That's a bit of a trap. <laughs> that that's a bit of a trap play, and I, I think that we're going to see a little bit of the two games um, splitting the difference here. This is going to be one where. Josh Allen last game, 30-47, 300 yards, wasn't sacked once. Basically a perfect performance. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times you can say that against a Bill Belichick defense. And some of me, part of me thinks, you know, maybe this was a little bit of a trap from Belichick. I'm not saying he threw that last game or he tried to give Allen easy looks, stuff like that. Obviously not. But we know that Bill Belichick is going to come out of here with some different looks. He's going to be deceitful. He's going to be utilizing potential Houston Texans, future head coach, Jared Mayo's uh, (laughs) genius and and unleashing some new blitzes, unleashing some new coverage looks. Uh, You know, I just think this Patriots defense can be very tough. I think they're going to come out laser focused. They're going to play well. They're going to single on uh, Devin Singletary a little bit. who has been playing really, really well over the last month. Uh, Props to the bills to actually uh, start using him a little bit more dynamic talent. They really needed that guy to emerge. Um, As a difference maker, and and he has. So, you know, yes, Buffalo has the clear upside. They have the upside advantage. They are the team that could easily surprise everybody, I think, in the AFC. But I just think the Patriots can play this game tough. They can make it ugly. I don't know that they'll have the same rushing Success, Like Rocky said in that first matchup, I think that's where like we'll split the difference, right? Like they won't be as dominant as the first game, but they won't be as inefficient as the second game. The second game was really an ugly offensive performance. Um, I don't trust Mac Jones. I, you know, I, I think he's a nice talent. I think he'll be a good starter. I think he is a fine starter right now for what he is. But Mina Kimes the VSPN kind of brought something interesting over the last week up. Um, Josh Allen is 40th out of 41st um, in completion percentage in freezing temperatures. So despite the huge uh, arm, he's completing about 50% of his passes. Build the
0: dome, Buffalo. Build the dome. Yes.
1: Build the dome, please. (laughs) Um, You know, so I I think Allen, and Allen has these weird playoff moments. Like he has to kind of get over these big game moments where he just, he tries too hard, right? He has these strange, like the shovel against uh, Houston a couple of years ago, A couple of big misses last year, a couple of just risky plays. And I think he takes too much on. I think that kind of goes back to what he was at, at Wyoming, where he takes a lot of responsibility. That's the guy that you don't want to show up this game against New England. Don't give the ball to them. Avoid the sacks. Play this more conservatively and allow your team's talent to kind of prevail. Granted, that's not great for the spread if you're taking Buffalo, but I think that that's the way to, to avoid an upset loss here. I like the cover. I think the Bills win. Um, I think this would be an ugly game, 20-17, to, to um, grind it out type of game. Really frustrating one for both sides. Um, I, like, I think Buffalo wins, but this really comes down to those turnovers and sacks. And, um, you know, I don't have the faith in Mac Jones that he can pull out a win, but I do have faith that in, in him that he'll make a couple of timely throws to keep this game close. And I think Josh Allen will just be a little bit off and a little bit off means Buffalo's vulnerable. Yeah. I I think it's
0: going to be a close game. You know, it just, it has to be like Bill Belichick. I don't think his team's going to lay an egg, especially like we've said the third time going against the same opponent. If obviously if Josh Allen plays that perfect game, like he did last week and that running game stays on fire, it might not stay that close, but I think he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. I think Mac Jones has hit that rookie wall now and he's he has struggled uh pretty bad recently but i just have a little too much faith in the patriots i like you guys said i think the bills win but with that four and a half point spread in the as bill simmons says, the vegas zone uh i don't think they cover i've got the bills 17 to 13.
2: y'all remember the last time the the patriots were in the playoffs you know they had tom brady and they went and they played tennessee Tennessee pretty much dominated them right and that was with Tom Brady so yeah. I, I don't know it gets a little weird you know that's you got Matt true, Jones. Yeah. and you know and now again that wasn't the third time that they played in Tennessee in a season so you can give them that aspect of playing the team and the familiarity of it but I think ultimately if you have a quarterback that you can't trust to play in cold weather it, it can get a little weird regardless
1: it's going to be a big yeah. test for Jones for sure like I think that's like outside of my interest in seeing Alan and just what he does, because to me, he's just fascinating. Like every single week, he's fascinating and seeing his legacy be built a little bit. This playoffs like outside of that, I think Mac Jones and how Bill treats him is my top storyline. Like how he yeah, treats how much quarterback- does he trust him? Yeah, like how he treats his own quarterbacks and the opposing quarterback, to me, says so much about his level of respect for those players, and I find it fascinating. So, yeah, that's, um, if he w- just totally plays keep away again, it's going to be really
2: something. And how is the weather out there? Cause I'm in Minnesota right now, and I'm looking out the window, and it's pretty much a dang blizzard outside. It's supposed, be something- to be,
0: it's supposed to be cold as fuck.
2: Yeah, and I think tomorrow, And is that when the game is? Tomorrow, Saturday?
0: Yeah, it's a Saturday game.
2: Saturday, I'm supposed to be flying out of here and flying into Dallas. It's supposed Bubble to be, bag. I think, minus four, four degrees or something like that. Something crazy like that in Minnesota. I'm hoping I don't get snowed in here. So yeah. if it's anything like that in Buffalo, that's not ideal weather for for Mac Jones, who isn't the most physically imposing quarterback. And is definitely going to have to lean on a run game to carry him the way he did in their first meeting.
0: Yeah, they're going to have to out-physical the Bills, which is already tough, and then they might not have Isaiah win, So that's a big, big loss for them. But uh, it's also a perfect segue talking about Tom Brady into Sunday's games. We've got uh, the Eagles at the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, minus eight-and-a-half point favorites, over-under set at 46. It's a rematch of the Buccaneers' 28-22 victory over Philadelphia in October. There's no way that Tom Brady goes one-done. Right, Ian?
1: I wouldn't say no way, but I definitely don't think it'll happen. The, the only vulnerability is that Tampa Bay is pretty beaten up. Like their injury report is, is not great right now. Um, I have a little bit more faith in Tampa Bay's offense um, just because, one, it's Tom Brady. And two, we saw him already start to develop some really great chemistry uh, with a bunch of no-name receivers. And, he started, and he's definitely on the same page with Mike Evans. Um, Who was even awesome two- last week. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Yeah. Like they might not connect for a lot of yards, but geez, man, like once you're inside like, the 30 yard line, you need the triple coverage, Mike Evans. Um, those two just in the red zone, it's, it's just really phenomenal to see those two work together. Um, Rob Gronkowski, obviously too, like he's still around. I just think that there's, there's still a lot in that Tampa Bay offense. Um, last go around. I know like just the final score was close, but it wasn't a close game. That was a blowout. Tampa Bay took their foot off their throat. Um, I do think that this is one of those games where Jalen Hurts is such an X factor and I I love his ability to go from either not super impactful as a passer or be like a God. And obviously we want him to be much more consistent than that, but like for a second year starter, His upside in this game is going to be a huge, huge X factor. And I I think it's just a wild card. Like, I just, I don't know what to expect out of him. Um, I think he's going to make smart plays. I trust him with that. It's just whether he makes the big plays and how many big plays, because he's going to have to make them. Um, Philadelphia's defense is good enough good enough to kind of pressure Brady, get up the middle. Javon Hargrave's been amazing this year. Fletcher Cox is still really good. Um, The secondary has been pretty solid, I think, for Philadelphia overall. I'd like to see more big plays out of them. But overall, I think Philadelphia has what it takes to not only, you know, cover, but to really push Tampa Bay. It's just a matter of how consistent that offense is. I think that they have a better chance. Um, like I'm starting to like them to cover because of their run game. They've really figured out their run game since that first matchup. That was a big turning point in Philadelphia's season. I think it was like the week after. Um, after that game, Philadelphia basically overhauled – everything that they were doing went on like i think like a 7 and 4 run to finish the season and they just changed their identity i think Nick Sirianni might have saved his job like mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts definitely solidified himself for 2022 probably even longer so like this team's trending in the right direction and you look at Tampa Bay and they're kind of vulnerable they're kind this of It feels hurt. like they're...
0: the the week to play them because like you're saying with the injuries and maybe they're getting some guys back but this is like the perfect time for the Eagles
1: it does like i don't think Philadelphia wins But, man, this kind of happens at the end of guys' careers. Like, Bruce Arians, Tom Brady. I know it's a little storyline-ish. It's not super, like, analytical in depth. But, like, these are the type of upsets that really are career killers. Um, They're kind of career enders. And it's not to say those guys are done after this. Those guys are going to have more success for, you know, probably 20 more years at this rate. Tom Brady will be throwing touchdowns at 65. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the type of game where I do think Philadelphia can really – get close to making the upset and maybe it pushes them into 2022 being that team on the rise that we all start buying into. They have all the hype and it's actually justified for one. So I think Philadelphia covers, I think it's like an eight point spread. Um, I would probably look at this as like a 27 to 21 to 24 type of game. Philadelphia has the chance to even take the lead late and then their youth shows. Maybe it's a receiver drops a pass, maybe it's a running back, fumbles it, maybe it's, you know, some one of these odd type of mistakes that doesn't really repeat itself too often. But it's the veteran team getting the right bounce. It's Tom Brady again getting the right bounce. And that greatness ends up just showing through. It's a championship team, so like they're gonna they're not gonna get flustered. I think that's one thing I do have confidence in with Tampa Bay. They continue to make it work with guys off the street, which is impressive. And two, they don't get flustered. I think they're gonna turn it on a little bit when they need to. But they're not going to have to go all out. They'll get the win, but not the cover.
0: Yeah, it feels like that—that that veteran savvy is going to kind of be what pushes them over the top.
2: Croaky, what do you think of this game? Yeah. yeah, you know, I think Ian definitely made a lot of great points when I mean, you look at this game, and the, the the Bucks are wounded. You know, even their secondary—they have guys that are playing, but these guys are all banged up. And then when you look at not having guys like Chris Godwin out there, not having Antonio Brown, you know, being weird or whatever, but he's not out there. <laughs> you know, you have Mike Evans. And you have Gronkowski, and you're going to have to lean on those two guys. The running back position is okay, but, I mean, how healthy is Fournette right now? So there are a lot of question marks about the offense, and you have to solely believe that Tom Brady can't carry them, which obviously we've seen him uh, play with worse and still have great outcome. You know, are the Philadelphia Eagles going to be able to take advantage of all these, you know, injuries and issues that the Buccaneers are having right now? And I just I don't think they have the quarterback that's going to be able to do it. I know me having Jalen Hurts on my fantasy team from, from a fantasy standpoint, does a good job, (laughs) you know, Uh, he'll put up some empty yards, uh, some throws here and there. When I think passing the ball, he's kind of come on better as of late. And obviously we know he's a dual threat athlete and can use his legs. But I, I just, I don't know if he has the dogs in this race to be able to even out duel a wounded Tampa Bay team. So I'm definitely going with Tampa Bay, but that 8.5 spread, that is high, even for this game. So I'm, I'm looking more towards a, you know, 24-17 game. Now, one thing that can make it, you know, interesting is, you know, Philadelphia Eagles have a decent pass rush. You know, they, they got some guys that can get after it on defense a little bit. Uh, you know, you got Darius Slay; He's made some big plays. They have some guys that can really make it interesting, but I, I think I just believe in Tom Brady a little, little too much to kind of figure it out. And I just feel like there's no way he gets out by Jalen Hurts on this stage.
0: Yeah. It sounds like we're all pretty much on the same page on this one. Uh, Jalen Hurts, like you guys said, he's that boomer bus guy. He pretty much needs to pull a Taylor Heineke from last year for the Eagles to have a chance in this one. The Bucks are shorthanded, but they are getting a little healthier. They're getting Levante David back. They're getting Shaq Barrett back. Leonard Fournette's going to be back. So, I, you know, we don't expect them to get back in playoff intensity right away, but they are getting a little healthier. But what I think is the most interesting thing is the Eagles run game versus the Buccaneers' once-bonded run defense. It used to be Tampa Bay's strength. Now they're 16th in DVOA, stopping the run. I think Eagles, you know, are going to play that ball control kind of offense. They're going to try to run it down their throats if Brady doesn't go up quick. Um, I think Darius Slay could slow down Mike Evans a little bit. That's a really fun wide receiver DB matchup. But I still see Brady being fine with taking those little eight-yard completions and just, you know, death by a thousand cuts. So I've got the Buccaneers winning 24-16. So one point off of what Crocky uh, thought. Let's move on to the game of the weekend. We've got the 49ers. We've got the Cowboys. Cowboys minus three favorites, so it's the closest uh, spread of the games. Over under 51. Two uh, NFC powerhouses finally meeting again in the playoffs. Crocky, will uh, the 49ers stay hotter for that 17-point comeback?
2: Man, you know, that's the big question. And I think with the 49ers, you know, they go as far as Jimmy Garoppolo mistakes or lack thereof can take them. You know, can the 49ers establish a run game and have a game where they don't do things to kind of bite themselves in the ass? And that's kind of been the issue with the 49ers throughout this season. You know, it's not an issue with ability. It's not an issue even with injuries. You know, the 49ers are fairly healthy right now, uh, especially at the right spots. They got all their guys playing all their elite guys at that, you know, but they fumble kickoff returns. They have one of the worst special team units. You know, those are the type of things that can really hurt the 49ers in this game. When you look on the other side of the ball, you have the Dallas Cowboys, and they have this explosive offense, but their explosiveness mainly shows up against teams like, I don't know, their NFC East team with, with the, the Eagles and Washington and the New York Giants. That's where they've done a bulk of their damage, and really increasing that points per game when they 're not playing against their divisional opponents, their points per game drops off drastically, so what cowboy team is going to show up, the team that has struggled to beat teams with a winning record they have they have, they have one win against a playoff team, and it was the it was the the uh, Patriots they beat the Patriots, and it really kind of took a pick six from Tremont Diggs to do that now talking about picks and pick six, they do do a terrific job of taking the ball away. They take the ball away at a high rate. So you're talking about a team that puts up the most points per game, but also takes the ball away the most. And I think that's scary for the 49ers. All right, but 49ers, I think they got all the players to be able to come back them. I think the 49ers can control this game with the ground game and then uh, generate some big plays off of that. A couple of glaring uh, issues for the Dallas Cowboys defensively. They give up the most yards after catching the NFL. So, you know, obviously that plays right into the hands of a 49ers team who doesn't really throw the ball down the field a lot, but they will hit guys on slants and crossers and get them in situations where they can catch and run. I think that's where the 49ers will excel. And then, obviously, defensively, I know the 49ers have some issues uh, with consistency on the outside at cornerbacks, but, you know, we're talking about the number three defense in the NFL on a team that doesn't give up a ton of yards because. They play decent complementary football when it comes to marrying the run game with the pass defense. So I'm actually going to take the 49ers in this game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. I got the 49ers winning
0: 23-20. Ooh, a close one and a little lower scoring than we think. So you got the under on that one, Ian. What do you think of this
2: game? Oh, uh, real quick, low scoring. Oh, go ahead. You know, in the go playoffs, ahead. things start getting tighter, right? Everybody's like, you're on your A game. Defenses are flying around. So I just, I don't expect to see, especially in this first game, wild card game where emotions are, you know, running high. I don't expect to see a bunch of fireworks early in this game. I think it's going to be a much closer game. Almost like if you guys remember back, you know, gosh, terrible game, but 2019 Super Bowl against the 49ers and the Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that game was 10 to 10 at halftime and with seven minutes left, 49ers were winning 20 to 20 to 10. And, you know, obviously there weren't, a bunch of points until kind of later in that fourth quarter, but I expect something along the lines of that.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, let's hope for a better result too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as as Kraft. I mean, uh, looking at this game, I know Dallas has scored 50 twice in the last three weeks, but, like, this team still doesn't really seem to know what they are. Like, they have all this offensive talent. They rank really well overall. But then they come out and do some major clunkers and their game scripts really don't have a ton of great flow. I know that Kellen Moore, I, I like Kellen Moore, but Cowboys fans are kind of like, eh, on Kellen Moore. Like they're kind of questioning why people are so interested in him as a head coach. I think it's kind of I, I see why uh, as an outsider, like I think it makes sense because you want to be you'd rather be early, almost on like Kyle Shanahan. You'd rather be early than late. You don't want to lose him elsewhere. But. He is prone to these stretches and he's prone to these stretches that don't really make a lot of sense. They don't marry things together. There's not a lot of consistency with identity. Some of that is Dak Prescott. I don't think Dak has been great at all times this year. I think he's kind of taken a step back from where we saw him last year uh, before he got injured. And so I think those things really create a vulnerability against a team like San Francisco because San Francisco is so consistent. We know what San Francisco will be. They do what they do extremely well. And it's a little bit like New England where it's like they're so good at what they do that it's hard to go against them sometimes because if the other team doesn't give their A game, they're going to win. And that's just because San Francisco is consistently like an A minus, maybe a B plus, depending on Jimmy Garoppolo and and how well he plays. But that's really their lone X factor. Everyone else is is really consistent in their role. They're going to get theirs and they're going to create problems for the other team. Dallas, if they come out and play great, sure, they can win. They can win the Super Bowl. But I think that they could also lose this game and go into the offseason with some major questions. Like their variance between their upside and their lower tier quality of play is, is a really, really tough thing to predict. I don't think that they're going to get demolished or anything like that, of course. I, I do think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I think sphincters are going to be tight. I think this is going to be, you know, experienced quarterbacks that can play well, but are facing really good defenses. Defenses that look to take the ball away. Defenses that are in the right place more often than not. I do think that the the Cowboys' corners have to be extremely sharp. I think Shanahan's going to attack all of those uh, corners with his misdirection runs, especially Travon Diggs. He's got to play those those edges extremely well. He's got to be tight in run coverage. If he's not, you're going to see some really big gains, and that's going to change the game completely. I, I wish this line was a little bit more. I think when it opened up, it was a, maybe like a point, point and a half more. Um, I was happy to grab San Francisco at like four, four or and a half. No. Oh, yeah. Three, three is tough. <laughs> three is tough. If, if I'm picking, I'm going to pick a cover. I, I think it'd be, you know, it's kind of same kind of range. 27, 24. Um, I would pick San Francisco to cover, but I, I don't like this line at all. I'm probably more comfortable playing the, the total. I'm looking closer to the under, um, I just think the three points is so hard because the the margin for error for both of these teams is minuscule. It's that close of a matchup. And I think it's just because one team's identity is so consistent. And then Dallas's is, you know, they could come out and win 45 to 20. I I could see that. I just don't have any faith that they're going to actually do that because that hasn't been who they've been for, you know, 90 percent of the season. They've just had those moments of dominance.
0: And the Niners love to play these tight games that, you know, scare the fans, you know, clench the sphincter, like you said. Um, This game really comes down to uh, which quarterback shows up. Are we going to get the inconsistent Dak? Are we going to get, you know, Jimmy G, playoff Jimmy G? Uh, He got a lot of nice feedback and everything from his comeback last week, but he still had two just awful interceptions and a fumble that should have been recovered by the Rams. So I'm still worried about that. You know, and then I really think talking about Kellen Moore, I think this is gonna say a lot about his head coaching candidacy because if you're the Cowboys, you have to throw deep on the Niners. There's no other way to do this. The Niners, like I said, they have a great defense, but throwing deep, that's their biggest weakness. And the Cowboys have the horses to exploit that. And Dak can do that. So I think it's really gonna come down to that. I think Dak's gonna to try to pick on Kawan Williams coming off COVID. It's going to try to pick on Ambry Thomas, who had that game-winning interception. Cedric Wilson's been playing a lot better in Michael Gallup's absence. And then I think on the offensive side, the Niners are going to go all misdirection. I think they have to slow down this pass rush. You've got Micah Parsons up against Tom Compton. That's not going to work. So are we going to get Kittle You know, chipping and playing more right tackle than tight end? I think we're probably going to see that. Uh, If they can slow down that pass rush, I think the Niners have a really good chance. Cowboys have allowed uh, 11 of their last 12 opponents to rush for 100 yards on them. So it really comes down to me, Jimmy G. So that being said, I've got Dak Prescott and the uh, Cowboys in a landslide, 38-24, because it's a win-win for me. I'm either right or the 49ers win. Any final thoughts on the Cowboys before we move on? All right, let's go to uh, the worst game of the weekend, Steelers at Chiefs. Uh, uh, Kansas City is minus 13 with an over-under of 46. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on this one other than football fans got pretty screwed. Not only do we have to watch the corpse of Big Ben get demolished by the Chiefs, but it's on Sunday Night Football in primetime. It's a travesty, but Ian, how badly do the Chiefs crush the unkillable Steelers in this one?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I actually appreciate Ben Roethlisberger saying that, you know, this games it's not going to be a game. Like, I thought that was, it's funny, like, that's the angle that you have to play, though, especially if you're the, you're the Steelers. You want to come out and be loose. You know, you, you want to be, maybe they gift, maybe uh, Kansas City gifts some turnovers. The last time they played, this was a three turnover game for Pittsburgh, and it ended the game by halftime. If that doesn't happen, maybe things go back to where they were for Kansas City at the start of the year where they gift the defense a couple turnovers, whether it be fumbles, interceptions, whatever. Maybe it's a close game. Like, I'm not saying Kansas City won't win. Kansas City will win. Like, I would bet everything I have on it. barring Take the money Patrick,
0: line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, barring a Patrick Mahomes injury. <laughs> and even then, I would still probably take the Chiefs. Um <laughs> I don't see how Pittsburgh can win but 12 and a half points. That's the that's the story and to me that's a lot of points. Like I'm going to take the Chiefs, but there is definitely a formula here where this is a closer game than what we think because I think we need to give some credit to the Steelers coaching staff too what they've been able to accomplish the last couple of years. Like they are just consistently getting the most out of a roster that's that's okay, but has severe limitations. They have um, athletic limitations on the defensive backfield. Um, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, you you know what he produces on a weekly basis is is really hit or miss. Their offensive line is just completely terrible. So Kansas City is a much better team. They've been dominant over the last almost three months. Completely, um, they've been super good. Like they've been the, the team that we thought that they were for the last three years. They've actually been that team. So yeah, I think that they should be probably like the Super Bowl favorite. Um, for good reason. So it's just a matter of how cleanly do they play. I do think that they'll be relatively clean. They've been a lot better about the second half of the year. But Kansas City can't be just taking this for granted because I think Pittsburgh will be loose. And I do think that that's a dangerous thing uh, for these matchups. A team that has nothing to lose. I mean, we've seen it before. They make things uncomfortable uh, when you have that type of mindset. So I'll take Kansas City in a cover. I, I hate this many points, especially in a playoff game. Um, but yeah, this is this is one that's maybe you know you put this game on in the background and you know kind of get some house chores done after watching football all weekend.
2: You know, I think for me when I look at this game and and I in my head I I just have this thought of Ben Roethlisberger like being Ben Roethlisberger and he's just not that he's a, definitely a shell of himself now. And every time I I, I watch the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm expecting to see some resemblance of what he was in the past, and it's just not there. He's not the same explosive passer. You know, he struggles even with intermediate stuff. Obviously, he has trouble moving, can't can't really move as well as you would like to see. I, I think the Steelers have all of the, you know, guys to have that explosive passing game, and they want to lean on the run game, but, you know, the, the offensive line, they struggle there. I think the only thing that can really help the Steelers in this game is the fact that, you know, they have, a terrific defense. And you have uh, TJ Watt who's likely gonna be the defensive player of the year, you know, tied the, the stack record. He uh, should have the stand. record
0: by the way. That's some
2: bullshit. I know they they appealed it right but it didn't go through where yeah. they denied it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you that's the only thing that just kinda says, you know what, maybe they can keep it closed, but and when you look at it from the Kansas City Chiefs standpoint, they are hot right now. They're playing extremely well. But there's one thing that really helps like kind of put them over the top and that's Terry Kill And right now He's kind of struggling. He has kind of a, a flat tire, you know, so to say. Something going on with his foot. He's, he's got that a heel injury. He's
0: yeah. going to play, though.
2: Yeah, he's going to play. He's listed as questionable. He's going to play. But when I watched him just last week, I believe it was, he did not look good. He was hobbling around, couldn't really finish plays. They would have him on the sideline, then they bring him in for a play. It still didn't look good. I don't know if they were trying to have him use him as a decoy Do you
0: think they should rest them? You know, they're 13-point favorites. Should they rest them in anticipation of saving for the rest of the playoffs, or do you play them because this is it?
2: I wonder if that game, if they expected – if they went in with that kind of expectations, right, where, okay, we are the favorites in this game. If we need you, we'll play you a little bit. If we don't, then we'll sit you. And the game got to a point where they didn't need them. Maybe they do something along the lines of that in this game, but I'm – I'm not very encouraged by that, so that's the one thing that can make this closer than the 12 and a half point spread, but gosh, I, I, you know, I just don't trust the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I, I will go with the, I'll go with the Steelers against the spread, but well, I'm definitely not c- confident with that, but I just have a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit more respect for Ben Roethlisberger, so I, I, I'll go Kansas City, and I, again, I don't think it's going to be the super high-scoring game, but
0: 27 to 17. So you're you're more of a stay away from this big old line. So I I can respect that. I think think Big Ben's going to wish his season ended last week with that Ravens win. You know, you go out on top. You don't have to go to the playoffs (laughs) and get embarrassed by however many points. I think, uh, you know, like you said, TJ Watt needs to have a defensive player of the year kind of game just to slow down this offense. And then I really think the only chance the Steelers have is you throw up some some of those Hail Mary balls, the Deontay, Claypool. I know Juju's back, but I don't expect much there. And hope that you hit on some of those deep passes. Because other than that, you know, goodbye, Big Ben. I'll see you in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Chiefs are winning big, 38-13. Mm. And let's move on to the final game. It's the fifth ever Monday night playoff game, a NFC West showdown. We got the number five Cardinals at the number four Rams. Rams are four-point favorites, over under set at 49 and a half. Who has the advantage in the third game in this uh, year's series? Uh, Crocky.
2: Ooh, wait, wait what, what two teams was that again?
0: Cardinals-Rams.
2: Oh, man. So the, the Rams are the favorites, right? Yeah, four-point favorites. I don't like that. I don't like <laughs> that spread at all. You know, when I look at these two teams, especially the, the Rams, you know, you look at that last drive right in the 49ers game where Matthew Stafford had the ball and the 49ers had all three timeouts. We're talking about less than two minutes and they ran the ball three straight times instead of trying to pick up six yards or whatever it was to pick up a first down and put the 49ers away. That told me a little bit about how Sean McVay feels about uh, Matthew Stafford. And the guy they traded
0: two first round picks for.
2: Right. If, if McVay doesn't trust him enough to pick up a first down with this receiver that's pretty much been unstoppable all year and was definitely unstoppable in that game. I see. I don't even think they threw an incompletion to Cooper Cup. So you've been hot all game. And it's the biggest, like, this is the time to put the 49ers away, stick a fork in those guys, and end this game. And you run it. Well, when they had no success running the ball all game long. I just said, he doesn't trust Matthew Stafford. So if he doesn't trust him, why should I? Right, so you look at the Arizona Cardinals, and yes, they haven't been in that situation, uh, playoff-type atmosphere, and you know, they jumped out like they've done in previous years to you know, a terrific record, and they kind of carried that and you know, had a big win against the Dallas Cowboys. But you know I'm, I'm a little worrisome because Cliff Kingsbury, and you know, will he have his guys up for this type of game? Not having DeAndre Hopkins, I think that hurts a lot. But ultimately, I think it comes down to really the quarterback, who's going to make the fewest mistakes. And I, I think it's going to be Kyler Murray. I think he's going to make more plays and he's going to make less mistakes. So I'm actually going with the Cardinals money line.
0: Ooh, I like that A little money line action, uh, Ian. What are you thinking about this game?
1: Wow, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you know this is going to be this is tough. Like I don't I don't like the spread for for the Rams. I don't really trust the Rams. Um, I don't trust Matthew Stafford. Um, these the two previous matchups, and I, I kind of keep going back to this when he's – when you get the, the rubber match here, Kyler Murray, he had some great successes and he had some interceptions. Those interceptions is what cost him, especially in the last matchup, two picks. It's unlike him. It's not really like him to have those type of mistakes. And I think cleaning that up really changes the face of, of the game. And not assuming that he won't have those mistakes, but we can assume that he'll play a little bit better, play a little bit cleaner. If he does that, it really changes what's going to happen in this game. I like that Arizona's getting a little bit healthier with their run game. Chase Edmonds, James Conner, those guys are difference makers. Um, I think those guys can make a big impact as far as just slowing the Rams' possessions. You want to eat the clock Ramsey see Kyler Murray playing playoff football, which is a little bit different for him because I think he's a little hesitant sometimes to run um, and really fully utilize his skill set. So it's a huge advantage for him if he just lets loose this game. All those things create explosive plays for the Cardinals. They buy, they buy them some possessions, some some clock. They basically play keep away. And then we've also seen Matt Stafford struggle a little bit more in recent weeks. We've seen him kind of take a step back to the Detroit Matthew Stafford, not the insanely efficient, crazy uh, number guy that he was over like the first eight weeks uh, with the Rams. So I think those things combined, I think when you look at uh, Von Miller starting to really get into shape. Got a couple of sacks last week. He's been pressuring the quarterback better. Um, Eric Weddle, shout out. Hasn't played in two years. Get signed. That's we'll crazy. see if he plays. Like it's unbelievable to me that he's there's signed. A him. He pl-
0: if he plays, other than like special teams, or unless there's a big time in- another injury, that would be crazy.
1: I just want to see. I just I, I hope he comes out with the biggest beard. In, like, human history... What if he be, comes like, out and it's
0: completely his... shaved? How weird would that be? Oh,
1: that would be terrible. I feel like he's one of those guys that looks good with a beard and is just super ugly without one. No offense, Eric Weddle. Um, I just, I'm so <laughs> used to seeing him with a beard. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with this game, most likely, but I just thought that was fascinating when it came across that they signed him. Um, I mean, like, the Rams are really good. I just... You know, Sean McVay, he's just so rigid with what he does. And I, I think that there is an opportunity for a creative team um, for a really, really creative offense um, with Kyler Murray and, and his ability to create things um, off schedule. You know, J.J. Watt, you know, that, is he officially active for this week? I haven't seen anything. He, um, I, he's I been practicing. He's gonna
2: yeah. I think he's going to give it a, a shot.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like that. You know, I want, I want as many of these difference makers as we can. Um, If I'm Arizona, like, you know, seeing it, how um, Marco Wilson, how he's been banged up too, you know, I just think that there's enough here for Arizona. I, I kind of agree with Crack. Like, I think if you're going to play this game, I, would, I think I would just go for the upset. Like, I think just taking the money line, because these two teams are so close. Like, it's hard to tell a difference between these two teams. I think that the Rams are getting a little bit more of the public push as far as familiarity and their profile of stars. But Arizona's, I mean, we can't overlook how good they were to start this season. I think they're kind of closer to what they were uh, at the start of the season than when they were struggling over the back half of the season because they're finally a little bit healthier. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins back, but their roster was so ravaged uh, for a little bit of time there that I think that their identity, it just took a bit of a, a hit. And I think that that was tough for them. It's tough for a younger roster. Now they're getting some of their veterans back. They're getting guys that they're comfortable with think it will help I, if i were to pick the, the winner here i'm picking the rams but my play would be the cardinals to actually win with the money line because i just think it's a better value it's it, to me it's a coin flip matchup and the fact we're getting the value there um i like that so i would pick it rams like 31 30 uh, but i would not play that as far as um because i do think it is so close
0: yeah i think that makes a lot of sense uh the way I see it, Cardinals are a better road team than home team. Uh, them being so SoFi, yeah, yeah. I don't know if the Rams are really a home team at that point or anything. So that, uh, <laughs> I guess that's a push. But I, I agree with uh, – I believe what Ian said. you got to unleash Kyler Murray. This is the time to let him yeah. run because without DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals have no playmakers. Their most explosive playmaker is like James Conner right now. So. He's
2: had that ankle injury, though. you know, And, and have, I've had a high ankle sprain. I know how those things can linger. Mm-hmm. I think now you got to shoot them up, tape it up, and just say, hey. Like, this is it. Everything's on the line now. So, yeah, yeah. you, you, you got you to definitely unleash them in this type of situation.
0: Yeah, it's because you it can't hold them back. There's, they got nothing to lose. Uh, I am worried about the Cardinals' offensive line. It's really bad, and the Rams' defensive line is really good. Aaron Donald had three sacks the last time they played. I actually think the Rams' defense is probably the difference in this. Cardinals just don't have the playmakers right now. Both secondaries are down bad. Like I said, one signing Eric Weddle, the other one could be down three quarters of their starting defensive backs. Um, I don't want to even pick one winner in this game. I think both these teams uh, losing. Whoever wins loses in the next round. But I'm going to go with the Rams winning, but not covering twenty-three to twenty. Any final thoughts on uh, on this uh, Cardinals Rams game?
2: Nah, that's gonna be. I think that's. I mean, obviously, the ers versus Cowboys. That's probably the biggest game of the weekend. And mm-hmm. and you know the, the spread. It's, it's the, the Nickelodeon one, game. But, yeah, you gonna, right. gonna watch
0: the Nick thing? Get them all uh, gacked?
2: No, I will. Well, I'll be at the. I'll be at the game. Oh, you'll be at
0: the game. Hopefully.
2: Hopefully, yeah. If I can get out of Minnesota, I, I don't know how. I, you know, I'm not used to seeing snow, so hopefully I don't get snowed in out here. I don't know how the whole thing works, but I'm supposed to fly out tomorrow morning, so
0: pairs up for that let's take some questions we we got a couple listeners uh anybody have some questions about today's game about life you know maybe some fantasy football you know maybe you have some trouble in your relationship all right alex you're on
1: the air. hey guys can you hear me yes yeah cool love love this one of the best episodes yet playoffs are exciting um don't know if you already covered this because i joined a few minutes late but uh Wondering if you have a take on just the best value right now to, to win the Super Bowl of any team. Um, obviously, there's some favorites, but uh, best value.
0: Ian, you got any ideas on this one?
1: Um, I was actually going to pull up the odds real quick. Um, I'm to two. Just like instinctually, I would say Buffalo um, without looking at, at the numbers. Bills plus 750 stuck out to me. Uh, I like Cowboys plus 1100 if they get hot.
0: Um, yeah, Chiefs plus 450. That's all they that really. Yeah, I would agree. I think
1: if I were to pick one for a conference, I'd probably say the Buffalo um, and Dallas, and and those two teams could lose this weekend. I mean, yeah. that's just yeah. the, both of their identities is so dependent um, on one player, and it's their. I mean, every team is dependent on their quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but like those two fluctuate so much. Uh, between like this weird milk toast and like this unstoppable force, that like depending on when they get hot, if they get hot at the right time, I just think like it wouldn't surprise me if we end up in a month from now and either of those teams is the champion. Um, like they both have the, the the whole roster too, and I think that's the important part is like they both have the defensive ability to rise to against any foe. Uh, whereas like you look at Kansas city, it's like, you're going to have to play a well-rounded game against Kansas city. You're going to have to play really well-rounded against, um, even green Bay. I think green Bay too, is like, they are so good at what they do. And so you need a wild card. And to me, um, I would look at Dallas and say like, they have so many wild cards with their playmakers on both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah. yeah just because the Cowboys high is so high. Like if they're playing their best, they're arguably the best team in the NFL plus 1100. It's crazy. Uh, Dark Horse, Niners plus 2100. If the defensive line plays like they did against the Rams, you never know. Uh, Alex, you have any more more questions?
1: No, I love it. I'm just going to empty my savings account on Dallas and I'll have y'all to to blame if it doesn't work out. (laughs) We'll take tips. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: We got Ryan with another question.
1: Ryan, what's up? Um, what would be like a say like a prop bet, like lock of the week, like say like T Higgins like over sixty-six yards, like something like that. What's what's your guys' lock? Do
0: you guys have any any
2: lock? If you are yeah, I have a yeah, I have a lock. If you're if you're doing prop bets, Kyle used uh restart at seven and a half. Smash the over. <laughs> Over
0: over of seven and a half on reception yards. That's what you're saying? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's a that's a deep cut. I like that one. Uh, I would take the over on uh, whatever Joe Burrow's passing yardage is. I'm not even sure what it is, but I would take the over on that one. Ian, you have any? Okay. any yeah. Rock and loaded?
1: Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts over 199 and a half passing props. Yards. I think that's crazy low. Like, I like that one. Yeah. All
0: right. Ryan like this is one more. of those games I think he
1: could get like 300. I could see. Like, I could see he could have <laughs> yeah. like a huge game.
0: Especially if they just go checking down that one out early too.
1: Yeah, like they also have like pass plus rush yards for Verts at 252.5. Like that's just, I mean, he might clear that just passing.
0: Ryan, you got any more questions for us? Oh that was thank you, thank you all right uh last call on questions before we end this go once going twice all right well uh, thanks to everybody for listening to our super wild Card weekend preview on the Lions football show. We will be back next week uh, before we go Crocker, what do you want to
2: plug? Oh man you know just Anybody, you're out there listening to this, follow me on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. Um, obviously, I, I cover the 49ers for the Locked On NFL Network, but also i a show, Locked On NFL Draft. I'm one of the hosts of that. Uh, I do a lot of draft work, and definitely this is the time where I start to pick that up. It's starting to ramp up. A lot of draft work. I'm actually in Minnesota right now evaluating some combine uh, prep guys in person, and then obviously I fly out to, to Dallas to catch the 49ers game. And In a few weeks, I'll be over at the Senior Bowl, in Mobile, uh, checking out the prospects there, getting to see the quarterbacks up close and personal, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, uh, Sam Howell, all those guys, All right, So if you look into the draft, definitely follow me on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. And, uh, yeah, click that follow, button.
0: And hey, get the lowdown on small hands, Kenny Pickett. Uh, and whole, you know, in the, <laughs> in Have you the heard that he's, season? like,
2: double-jointed or something in his fingers and it helps him, like, grip the football better?
0: I have not heard that, but that's awesome. And he should rise up the the mock draft rankings now. And in the off season, we're we're gonna be you know locked on the draft for Lions football show as well. Ian, uh, what do you want to plug?
1: Yeah, um, just add the game previews. Uh, I know we talked a lot about them today, but up, over up at lines, um, also did a quarterback piece for Combat uh, Complex Sports, looking at where the vets could go this off season. I think there's gonna be a lot of movement this offseason. season. Um, definitely looked like Cleveland, Minnesota. Um, those two could be related to Sean Watson, all that stuff. So uh, that's also up as well. So, and then, I mean, right. daily content, always up at uh, the uh, old Twitter account.
0: Yeah. So follow them uh, and uh, check out Crocker's uh, YouTube videos on the lines, YouTube page, check out the stuff Follow me at casually ginger and uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Bye everybody.